What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Light Shade Dispensary. And right now, if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 25% off each and every purchase you make over at Light Shade Dispensary. And they have Escape Artists, which is the highest award-rated topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios available in one-to-one and high-ratio CBD, 20-to-one. They've got you covered. And again, you can get 20 percent off by using the code DNVR 25 percent off by using the code DNVR 25 over at Lightshade Dispensary and they just opened up their Barnum location which is one block off 6th Avenue and Federal it's their 11th location in the Denver Metro and Aurora area and it's the biggest Lightshade store and they have specialty products that are not offered at other stores they've even got a 420 special going on starting on April 20th through the following week, their five best-selling products will be buy one, get one for $1. So you got to go check out that store. And of course, use the code DNVR to get 25% off all light shade stores online and in person. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. DNVR Masters coverage. Just kidding. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into this pod on a Masters Friday, on opening day Friday, where the vibes are so good, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Over at MSU Denver Online, they give you a dynamic education without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. So whether you want to go get a degree, whether you want to take a class or two, you can do that without having to stop your life over at MSU Denver online. So go find that freedom and flexibility over at MSU Denver online. My boy, Mace, how's it going, my friend? Hey, it's going fine. I thought you were actually going to do the whole thing in your muted (laughs) golf announcer voice that that would have been terrific it just it would have been a very placid podcast today oh man it would have been so smoothing and maybe would have put you to sleep but that's not what today is man opening day in the mile high city coupled with the masters i mean mace it doesn't get any better than this in april and the weather is just perfect not only today but uh all weekend not it's comfortable it's it's not hot just a I think this probably going to be in the mid 60s for the ball game today. Going to be in the 70s over the weekend. Uh, that that's per that that's perfect. A lot of people going out today. I'll go out over the weekend, check it out, and uh, you know, and let let the crowds kind of dissipate a little bit. And it's going to be, it's it's fun. It's it's a rite of spring here in Colorado when the Rockies begin their season. And there's hope right now. There's hope with the Rockies right now, which that hope may not last very long, but there's so much hope that's going to last for a long, long time. Thanks to Russell Wilson being a Bronco. And I mean, what a big 24 hours for him as well. Last night, he's sitting courtside at the Nuggets game, throwing his first official pass in the mile high city to the crowd after signing the ball. And then today he gets to go back to his former team. No, not the Seattle Seahawks, the Colorado Rockies and throw out the first pitch and it's pretty crazy that Russ is kind of the biggest guy in town and he hasn't even played a snap with the Broncos and that just is he's going to carry so much hope for this team this year yeah Uh, yeah he is it's uh it's amazing how everything has changed (laughs) it is all it took was one player and Mace yesterday the Broncos brought one player back 
And of course, they signed Kareem Jackson to a one-year deal, bringing Kareem back. It seemed like this was in the works for so long. I mean, pretty much right after free agency started, Kareem was saying that he wanted to be back with the Broncos. George Payton was saying the Broncos want Kareem back. Both sides said they were talking, and yesterday it became semi-official that Kareem Jackson has officially agreed with the Broncos. Hasn't signed yet, but all is going to be good with Kareem Jackson joining the Broncos. Yeah, and uh, by all indications, it might end up being a contract that looks a lot like the one that he uh, just just had, at least for the last year, right in the $5 million range for one year. It's it's good value. I think uh, one thing that it, that's also worth noting, if the contract is like that, even if it's an incentive-based, it's, it's starter, it is starter's money if he does see every dime of that it, it's it's starters money now we may see Caden Stearns popping in a little bit more or a little bit more than he did last year in terms of uh, maybe rotating them a little bit more liberally but uh cream I'd be shocked if cream Jackson isn't a key component of the defense for this year I completely agree with you, Mason. The contract looks like it's going to be one year, $5 million, and that includes incentives. Uh, Brandon Cristal, our friend, said yesterday that it looks like it's $2 million in base with an incentives to get to five, uh, which to me absolutely tells me that he is going to be a starter. And Mason, he should be a starter. I mean, Caden Stearns has done a lot of good things so far. He was one of the most efficient players in the NFL last year when he got on the field. But Kareem Jackson was a very very good player I did not see his play drop off at all last year and so he's going to step in and this is the ultimate ultimate win now move by George Payton to bring a veteran back to kind of be over a budding young player uh, but I think right now they view Kareem Jackson's floor as higher than Caden Stearns and so they're going to have him in there but this doesn't mean to me that Caden Stearns isn't going to see the field. In fact, I think not only does he rotate with Kareem Jackson more, but if the Broncos do play more dime defense, which is something that we expect from them, then you're going to see Caden Stearns and Kareem Jackson kind of in that dime role. Both of those guys are going to be on the field along with Justin Simmons when you have so many defensive backs out there. One of the things you like about Kareem Jackson is that he's been a slot cornerback in the past. In fact, did a lot of that in Houston before he came over to Denver in 2019. So he's got that... He's got that versatility to him in his background. So you're you're pretty well covered when you go dime now, no matter how you use Stearns, how you use Kareem Jackson. Now you've you've got your lineup, and then you've got Mike Loji Moody as a as a uh, reserve corner, and uh, you've got as reserve safety, you've got J.R. Reed and yeah, Jamar Johnson coming back. I mean, now you kind of look at it and say, all right. If they draft a defensive back in this at some point, uh, late day two, somewhere on day three, that's well and good. But it's not like you have to reach for any defensive back. It's not if you came out of the draft without a defensive back, you wouldn't be panicking. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't be panicking at all. And in fact, you definitely don't need one in the second round. And in fact, now I'd be shocked if the Broncos went defensive back in the second round. You don't need one in the third round. So we're talking about. All the Broncos may do is grab a defensive back on day three. And what do we know from George Payton? That's going to be really a special teams play, especially for this year. But the Broncos have, have gone third round cornerback so many times. That would really surprise me now because now there's there's no room for a, a third rounder, whether it's safety, whether it's cornerback to see the field this year and certainly not with that 64 overall pick, certainly not in the second round. So to, to me, the Broncos don't need to touch defensive back in the draft. Now, now they may just for some depth and for, and for some special teams purposes, but right now you have it, your outside cornerback, Ronald Darby, your outside cornerback, Pat Sertan, and then your slot, you have Kawan Williams. And then at safety, you have Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons as the starters. And then your dime or third safety, who's going to see the field, especially when you're in dime is going to be Caden Stearns or a combination of those six. Boom, there you go. And like you said, Michael O.J. Mudia, good that depth there. You also have Jamar Johnson and J.R. Reed at safety. There's no room for it for any other guys. So we talked about this yesterday, Mace, and how the Broncos don't have any glaring holes that they have to address in the draft. Now there's not even depth issues at cornerback or safety. Yeah, 
I mean, you maybe you like to you'd like to have some guys in there, so you take some special teams, high upside guys to develop, and you see where they they're at in a year. But you've got yourself covered on multiple levels, multiple ways here. It's it's a it's basically now they can go in and go BPA in the draft if they want to, and maybe it's not BPA in terms of uh, what your BPA as a listener might be, but it they they don't ha- they don't have to go into the draft locked into any any position. This was when you kind of look back on it. This was sort of the this may have been the last kind of uh, the, the last kind of domino. Now that being said, and we'll get into running back a little bit later. Uh, they're certainly going to want they're they're going to want to find somebody to add to that room. But as we've seen over the years, you can find those guys even pretty late in the uh, in in the draft. So they they sit there they'll sit there at sixty four and with their two third round picks unless they trade down and they'll be able to just evaluate the board. And frankly, if they're at 64 and they see five players they like in terms of value, they can add a later pick by moving down a little bit or, or even uh, make the trade that we kind of talked about where you tr- where you move down, you move down a good bit and you pick up a second round pick net for next year as part of that. So that they've got max, now it's hard. It's hard to imagine them be, being in a position where they're any more flexible in terms of what they can do than right now. And the other thing with Kareem Jackson, I mean, you know, just it, he's another he's another leader in that locker room. I mean, really, right now, a lot of the leadership or last year after Von Miller left, a lot of the leadership came from uh, Justin Simmons and also Kareem Jackson with a little more of a vocal presence in that in that locker room. Uh, he's kind of it's kind of a little bit of the the fire and ice type of leadership a little bit. Kareem's very is very fiery in terms of how he 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 gets guys pumped and uh, it's I think the Broncos could use a little of that in the locker room and I think his voice is con- going to continue to be very prominent in the locker room. It's a it's a really good point. We talked about how the Broncos need dogs specifically on defense. Kareem Jackson is a dog and that is something that you absolutely want to have you need to have and again this is this is a win now move so mace what what should we expect from kareem jackson because just in two days on sunday kareem jackson turns 34 years old so he's he's pretty darn old especially for being a safety but you look at his past two years two years ago he had the most tackles in his career 89 last year he had the second most tackles in his career 88 is since he's joined the Broncos the only time he's missed a game he missed one game last year and then of course he was suspended the year the the first year with the Broncos to end the season but this is a guy that I'm touching wood right now is very healthy despite being an older player and and he plays just with his hair on fire can we still expect you know really good almost borderline pro bowl play from Kareem Jackson this year well, I mean, I think borderline Pro Bowl is is probably a stretch, even for uh, even for what he did last year. I mean, one of the things you kind of you kind of look at uh, as you dive in, for example, is um, and again, your safety. So it's it's kind of hazy when you're when you're in coverage in terms of evaluating it. But one thing that was kind of interesting uh, and not in a good way last year was his his passer rating when he was targeted, when he was targeted, according to pro football focus, it was 111.8. According to uh, sportradar.com, it was 113.3. Either way, no matter which one you use, you were looking at a pretty substantial uh, rise in the rating, which is a decline in form. The pre in, According to Pro Football Focus, 89.1 passer rating when targeted back in 2020. So that was a decline of uh, 22.7 rating points. According to SportRadar.com, he in 2020 he was at 85.2. So that's a 28.1 decline in terms of passer rating allowed. So I think you you can, you can kind of step back, look at the broad spectrum that is reflected by the data, and see that. Okay, there's probably the signs that he is slowing that he is slowing down as a player, especially in coverage. Now, that being said, when you when you bring him in uh, against against the run, can can he still be effective? And can he still be effective in short in short area work? Yeah, he can. I think one of the things that maybe you think about here with Kareem Jackson in 2022 is if 
if he's a more of a situational player than an every down guy, maybe you're using him at, as a dime backer who is in, the, who is more in the box. And maybe you're talking about Caden Stearns being a guy who's lined up as one of the two high safeties with Justin Simmons. I mean, that's exactly what that tells me, Mace. It says he's going to be uh, a box a box safety and just down in the box. And, and I absolutely love that. I have to imagine that's a role that Kareem would embrace as well. And then that allows Caden Stearns to be a playmaker back there. Uh, and again, he was one of the most efficient players in the NFL last year. Uh, so I do think that they are both going to see the field a significant amount this year. And I think this is a fantastic signing. If Kareem Jackson gets to his $5 million in incentives, it means great news for him. It means great news for the Broncos. And there's a player that the Broncos aren't going to have this year. And I want to talk about, or potentially aren't going to have this year. And I want to talk about him in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where there are so many deals to get in on. And here's just another reason to get in. Right now, they're offering some juice for UFC 273. If you join the action and bet $5 on any fighter on UFC 273. You get $100 in free bets, win or lose, guaranteed. That's all you have to do. Bet $5 on UFC 273, and you will get $100 in free bets. No better way to start your account for baseball season that starts today. So again, all you do is choose one one fighter, bet $5, and get $100 in free bets. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and best of all, you can deposit or withdraw your cash whenever you want. So head to the App Store now, down Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Put $5 down on UFC 273 and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code DNVR on Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to tell you about the American Raptors. Of course, that is your Colorado rugby team comprised of crossover athletes that are learning how to play the game of rugby. And in spite of the fact that they're relatively new to rugby, they went five and five last year, which is pretty impressive for a group of former athletes uh, of athletes from other sports coming together for the first time in rugby and putting their skills to the test. The American Raptors, of course, play over Rugby Town USA, which is in Glendale. It's in Fandy Park. It's a great venue to watch to watch games. You can watch these guys who have backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. Watch them get better at the game of rugby, and you can watch them in person for free. That's right, for free. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com. Grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. They've got their first home match on April 23rd. They've got another home match on May 7th, another on May 21st and May 28th. Springtime is a great time to be outside in Colorado. You can be outside watching rugby for free with the American Raptors. Go to AmericanRaptors.com and get your free match ticket. If you can't watch the matches in person, no problem. Go to AmericanRaptors.com. They're going to have every match streamed for you. And if you can't watch, you can't go in person, you can read all about it or hear all about it from our guy Colton Strickler, who's got everything covered with rugby at DNVR. He's got his weekly DNVR rugby podcast. Subscribe and learn more about the American Raptors. Also learn more about USA rugby in general and the game of rugby. If you haven't, if you, if you haven't watched rugby before, it's a fun sport. Got a, it's, it's got a lot like football, but of course it's a little more free flowing, a little more action. You can, you can learn all about that from Colton's rugby one Oh one podcast, and even get some betting tips on rugby if you want to bet on rugby around the world. So check all that out at DNVR Rugby and check out the American Raptors at AmericanRaptors.com and get your free ticket for their season. Their home season starts on April 23rd. We've got rugby coverage. We got Rockies coverage. We got Avs coverage. We got Nuggets coverage. We got Broncos coverage. We have Rams coverage. We have Buffs coverage. We have it all over at thednvr.com. And if you become a member, not only will you get access to all of that coverage, if you sign up for an annual membership, you will get a free t-shirt of your choice. And we're dropping two new t-shirts today. So when you're listening to this, go over to the DNVR locker and check out the new Rocky shirts that we have going on. And if you get this in time, come by to the Ice House later this afternoon to hang out with us during opening day. And if you can't make it by today, stop by the DNVR bar 
any date to catch a game. There's no better place to watch Avs and Nuggets playoffs than over at the DNVR bar. So make sure to come check us out. Find us on Twitter. We're at DNVR underscore Broncos. We're at the DNVR.com. And of course, we've got the bar right here in Denver. We'd love it if you became part of our family and then came over to the bar to check us out. And Mace, one person that may not be able to swing by the bar soon is Melvin Gordon. It's pretty interesting that in the 24-hour period, we find out about Kareem Jackson coming back with the Broncos. We find out that Melvin Gordon may be on his way out. According to Ian Rappaport, Melvin Gordon is in discussions with the Ravens on a potential deal. That's a position that the Ravens have a need at. Melvin Gordon is, as we know, starter caliber. This makes a lot of sense for him to sign with Ball with Baltimore well they have a need if uh J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards struggle in their recovery from ACL injuries I mean really it was interesting the Ravens popped up because effectively if they sign Melvin Gordon he might be just an insurance policy for them and if J.K. Dobbins comes back to uh comes back to the level that he he was at which he played back in 2020. He was, you know, he was split. He was in a timeshare, but he was the better part of the timeshare. He was averaging six yards a carry. He had wow. nine touchdowns, even though he only had 134 uh, attempts. So he Dobbins was looking like he was a stud in the making. If Dobbins is all the way back, from the ACL and certainly he had that injury in the preseason. So by the time you get to regular season week one, he's going to be more than 12 months removed from the ACL. If he's all the way back, if he, if he's all the way back, then the Ravens are in good shape and Melvin Gordon might find himself uh, a luxury item. But if he's not all the way back, if Gus Edwards is not all the way back, then he's going to play play quite a bit. They're expected to be to be back comfortably for week one. They are expected to, but they're expected to be on the pup list when camp starts. So I think what this tells you is it's it, it's a little bit of doubt that they have in those two in those two yeah. guys. But Zach, if if Edwards or Dobbins are healthy, they probably gonna are gonna want to go with them more. So it's possible that Melvin Gordon might be looking at his his carries diminishing over the course of the year if either or both of those two guys are healthy, if he goes to Baltimore. Man, that is just crazy, Maze. I just assumed that those guys weren't going to be fully ready by week one, and then there was a huge need for the Ravens. But, I mean, it, it makes sense with the timetables for both of those guys that they would be ready by the start of the regular season. If they're not, if they are ready by the start of the regular season and they choose those guys over Melvin Gordon, then what's Melvin doing going to a team where he's going to be the third running back? I guess really the, the answer for that is that shows where his market is right now. Uh, and if, if he's thinks that he, if, if the Ravens are telling him that you may end up being the third running back here, you'd think that he'd way want to rather come back to Denver, but it seems like the money just is not there for Melvin Gordon. We've seen a couple of running backs get $7 million this offseason per year. Melvin Gordon came out from Pro Football Talk earlier this week that a source tells them his value is about one year, $2.5 million, which is a far cry from the $8 million. I heard from a source saying that, 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 uh, that that's not true. It's likely to be a bigger deal. But if he goes to the Ravens, man, you got to think that it's going to be a smaller deal. Yeah, I think it. I think it actually is going to be two point five million dollars if if it or, or thereabouts if he goes to Baltimore. Now, I would expect there would be some incentives uh, that were that be built in there, some escalators. But he's got to play to have to have those escalators. So either he, if he goes out there, the only, what he needs to do is be so good that they that even with Dobbins and Edwards coming back, especially Dobbins, because Dob- Dobbins is the guy that they intend to be their RB one going forward, right? That's uh, that that's the guy that, that that they were expecting to have that role last year. Remember, it was so controversial that they were playing Dobbins in the preseason because here we were in an environment where a lot of contending teams were not playing key players at all in the preseason. And John Harbaugh was insistent upon 
playing his key players in those games to get them ready. And then they looked around, they lost Dobbins and they lost Gus Edwards right around the same time. So Dobbins, but Dobbins was going to be their guy. And if he's healthy, Zach, even if, unless Melvin Gordon is all world, I can't see Baltimore kind of, reversing its overall perspective on Dobbins being their RB one. So Gordon at best might be an RB two out there. Do you think that he would be better have a bigger role here in Denver then? I actually think he'd be better off uh, sitting and waiting for an injury to happen over the course of the summer and then coming in. And that's, I mean, is that a chance that he wants to take? That's, that's the thing. Like, because sometimes uh, you may find yourself in a situation where you could be there to come to the rescue for a team, but a team may say, oh, we've got this young running back we picked in the fifth round. Uh, we're going to ride with him for a little while. Running, Especially with running backs, part of it is there's no scarcity of, of running backs. There's no scarcity of wide receivers, and there's no scarcity of running backs. So a lot of teams, when faced, even in August, if they lose their running back and they're faced with the notion of do we go outside for, for help and pay a premium or do we turn to our depth? And if we bring in somebody, we're going to bring in somebody young and cheap. Most of the time, not always, but most of the time the teams choose young and cheap, whether it's <laughs> from their own depth chart or from, from players who've been cut and who are on the market because running backs are largely considered fungible assets. So I could see why Melvin Gordon would look at this and say, okay, this, this isn't really what I want, but if they're giving me, uh, if, if they're giving me two and a half million uh, with incentives to take that up, maybe to, to, to 5 million or so, again, it'd be all based around incentives. That may be the dice roll that he chooses to take. So do you think that the Broncos don't have any interest in him right now? I think their interest in him was predicated on what they did in the draft. Mm. I think, uh, so right now they don't have right. you. You wouldn't think that they would just have a contract waiting for him. I think they could they, they could they could scarf one up and uh, put it together quickly. But I think their general thought was, let's see what happens when we get to the draft, and if we don't pick a running back in the third or fourth round who can be a viable number two pretty quickly, because you know, mid round running backs. You expect them to have a role in, in today's football calculus. If you pick a running back in round three or round four, uh, the expectation is that that guy is going to be uh, your potential number two running back right away. So I, th I think they were waiting that out. I think they were waiting the draft out and they would prefer to wait the draft out and see if, taking the best player, getting the best value at every position resulted in them getting a, a running back at some point, or if they emerged from the draft and they didn't have that, that guy. And if they didn't have that guy, then go ahead and re-sign Melvin Gordon. I think they were trying to keep their options open regarding the draft in terms of making the depth chart for as long as possible. Well, really quick, Mace, let's talk about those options. And first, got to tell you and give a shout out to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental because we've had so many people switch over to Green Mountain Dental to make them their permanent family dentistry. And they've all came back with fabulous reviews. And it's not a surprise to us because we use Green Mountain Dental. They come to the bar. They're part of our family and we're part of their family. And just like a good family member, they'll give you a free gift. That's right. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. When you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's only a 15 minute drive from downtown Denver and they have supported us for a long time. And one way you can support us is by supporting our partners. So make sure to check them out over at Green Mountain Dental. So Mace, what could these other options look like for the Broncos at running back if Melvin Gordon does sign elsewhere? I mean, I think uh, you're basically going you're basically going into into the draft, and that's a a question of all right, where do you okay, where do you want to pick running back? Do you want to uh, go for a running back around even as high as uh, pick sixty four, or do you want to sit sit back and wait uh, wait a little bit? For example, I mean, you could be you could be looking 
he might be looking this year at the first running back not going off the board until mid to late in, in round two. And it's possible that you could be looking at, at guys like Kenneth Walker from Michigan State and Brees Hall of Iowa State. Those are probably your top two running backs this year. Both of them are pegged as mid to late second round. It's not hard to perceive a universe where one of those two is sitting there at pick 64 and 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 I mean Kenneth Walker in particular, that's a guy who really, really uh, might might be tempting for the Broncos. Real, really quick, he can get he can get out to the eggs. You can you can really see him uh, being a good running back in an outside zone outside zone t- type of scheme. The only thing that you that you're really missing out of him is that he wasn't incredibly incredibly productive in the past game. So if you it's possible if you don't bring back Melvin Gordon, Zach you can't take running back off the table for for the Broncos at 64. And in fact, maybe that's one of the picks that's that, that, that the positions that goes up the chart a little bit, especially if someone of good value ends up sitting in there at that spot. I mean, a hundred percent Mace. And I think if, if Melvin Gordon does sign somewhere else before the draft, you're looking at a, at a spot where you almost have to take a running back in the draft because you look at the remaining free agents. Melvin Gordon is by far the best remaining free agent running back still on the market. There's Tariq Cohen. There's David Johnson. There's Jalen Richard. There's Philip Lindsay, Devonte Booker, Sony Michelle. I mean, the, these are guys where what are you doing really signing them? You should probably go after uh, a guy in the day three, especially this is a really deep running back class. Like you said, you can get an impact player on day three and the Broncos have plenty of picks in day three. So I would fully expect one of those picks to be a guy or but to, to be a running back and to potentially come in and fight for that number two spot. And when we talk about backup running backs, I think we have to talk about Mike Boone because last year Mace, he was, he was brought in to be really a special teams guy, but then in training camp, Man, did he flash left and right. In fact, I thought he flashed so much and looked so good that he was going to be a regular part of this offense. Not split carries between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, but I thought he was going to have a role. When he saw the field just a couple of times on offense, they never gave him the ball. They they During the regular season, they never showed any interest in him. Maybe it was the coaching staff being incompetent, or maybe it was he's really more of a special teamer. How do we view uh, Mike Boone moving forward this year? Well, I think you give him a look, and certainly if you decide to to, to kick running back down to, uh, to day three, perhaps, and maybe you pick somebody who has – a slightly different uh, skill set, then certainly he could be the, the number two. I mean, uh, like one guy in particular that um, I think is going to be there well into uh, day three is uh, James Cook out of Georgia. And if you, you know, James Cook, by the way, he's Dalvin Cook's younger brother. And he's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield and last year and in the last three years, each of the last three years, well North of six yards of carry. Of course, he had more work this past season than 2019 or 2020. So very effective, very effective when he was asked to run the ball, a little more of pass catching back, but then one of the things you look at him and say, okay, he's not an every down back because he's 199 pounds. So mm. maybe what you're thinking, if you don't take somebody who can be an every down back, Maybe what you're thinking about is some, it is that specialist kind of back who ha, who has a specific role, and you're not counting on you're not counting on that running back to be somebody who is going is going to be out there on is going to be out there and taking up to fifty percent of the snaps. And and then by the way, whether it, you do that, whether Mike Boone is is the running running back number two. Or it's a spec, or if it's a specialist type of back that you're getting on day three, I think at that point, even though Nathaniel Hackett has said that he wants to have a stable of running backs, I think in the, then you are looking at Javante Williams being the bell cow in much the same way that Leonard Fournette was a bell cow back for him in Jacksonville in 2017. And the interesting thing about that, Zach, is the Jaguars did have a stable of of running backs. They had Chris Ivory. They had TJ Yeldon also there in that room. And both of them have been reasonably productive at times, but there was no question that Leonard Fournette was the guy. And maybe that's what we're looking at here is gives is you've got Mike Boone. 
And then you have somebody who's going to be a little bit more of a pass catching specialist, an open field type of specialist. And Javante Williams is getting upwards of 70, 75% of the touches in a game. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. That's exactly what we're looking at. And something the Broncos fans definitely want to see is if Melvin Gordon signs elsewhere and the Broncos don't use one of their three day two picks on a running back, it's going to be the Javante Williams show and a way that Nathaniel Hackett can convince himself that that's okay. Even though he wants kind of a running back by committee, that is the Broncos are going to throw the ball a lot. This is not going to be like last year where they're going to try to rely on the run way more than the pass. No, they are going to be passing the ball. And then of course they're going to be running as well, but the load is not going to be entirely on Javante Williams shoulders that this offense is not going to run through him, but on Running downs, it will. And and man, I just, I like the idea of letting Javante Williams be unleashed. But you do have to have some sort of balance there. And I think that balance could be, you know, 70%, 30%, just to make sure to keep him fresh throughout the season, especially because you expect to be playing games in late January and early February and maybe even mid-February this year as well. So that's something that I certainly see happening. If Melvin Gordon does sign with the Ravens or someone else, we're going to see a situation where Javante Williams becomes the bell cow and everything he showed us last year says that, that he can handle it. Uh, He did have a little fall off at the end of the season, but that's typically what happens for rookies. He did. And the thing is though, if something happens to Javante Williams, what are you doing? And that's a big issue because Mike Boone, you talk about specialty backs, Mace. Mike Boone, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's just over 200 pounds. He was kind of viewed as that specialty back last year, potentially. And then he would instantly kind of turn into your one every down back. Right. And that's where I think maybe you, 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 when you start looking at, uh, when you start looking at running backs and you start looking at running back prospects coming up here, if you, if you haven't brought in somebody who, who can be an every down back, if asked, you might be in a little bit of trouble here. If something happens to Javante Williams, because Mike Boone has only had cameo roles to this point. And if you get into day three, you probably are getting into uh, running backs who could be described as, as more, of, uh, of specialty backs uh, than running backs who are going to be uh, somebody that you, that you absolutely re- rely on, uh, on every down. So, I mean, there's a scenario, Zach, where if, especially if the Broncos accumulate picks and get up to 10 picks that maybe your four, maybe your third or fourth round running back, if you draft draft one is somebody who maybe isn't explosive, but projects more as an every down back. And then you get your specialty back there on, on day three, because you do need to have someone there that you feel like can handle the, the load. And we haven't seen that Mike Boone can do that just yet. And also when, when you look at the Broncos needs, like we talked about, they don't have any glaring needs. And so you kind of go through the list. Okay. There's not any major starter needs right now. You could say right tackle, but they have enough of a plan there to fill that in. So you look and you look at, okay, well, what are the big backup needs running backs right at the top of the list in Mm -hmm. terms of backups that you need if they don't get Melvin Gordon. And so that is where a need could also come in with a very good player that's available in that third round. And it would not shock me if one of those two third round picks, or if they trade back into the third round, that one of those third rounders would be used on the running back, despite having a second round, very promising uh, running back in Javante Williams. Exactly. And I think this is, uh, this is, this is a position we're probably going to dive into a lot more now. If the, if the Broncos don't bring back Melvin Gordon, I think that this is all of a sudden this just rockets right up the, the, the list of priorities here, because again, no offense to Mike Boone, but you really want to have somebody back there behind Javante Williams, who if somebody, if something happens to Javante, you're in good shape, giving, feeding him the rock quite a bit.
I completely agree. And Mace, this is the third segment, and we have one question to get to, so I want to get to that. But first, thank you all so much for joining us on this audio podcast. And if you're tuning in for the first time and you're wondering how you get your questions read when we do audio-only podcasts, we'll go to thednvr.com. At the top of the page, there's a podcast tab. Click on that, and then the Broncos podcast will show up. Click on Broncos podcast. All of our podcasts that we've ever done will show up there. The first one, click on that one. It's the most recent one that we've ever done. Scroll to the bottom, and a comment section will magically appear if you're a member with us. Leave your comment there, and we will read it on the next day's podcast. And Mace Samuel B. Sue has done that. He says, hey, guys, in your opinion, do you think defenses are going to keep stacking the box versus Russell Wilson? Or do you think the Broncos running backs will finally get a fair chance? I hope we run the ball down people's throats and then kill them with play action. I believe Sutton will have a monster year. Last year, he wasn't right and just had the worst quarterback for his skill set. Bridgewater didn't throw a good deep ball and he never took chances. I think that frustrated Sutton. But now, oh, now, I think we have the best quarterback to fit Cortland's skills. He will explode this year. Wow, just heard about K-Jack. Awesome to have him back. I love that guy. Can't wait till the regular season. I've been, I haven't been this excited about a Broncos team since 97. Wow. Well, so you weren't excited about the Peyton Manning years, huh? Wow, that shocks me. Samuel Bisou, you, you got to drop us another comment for Monday's pod, letting us know uh, why you were more excited for the 97 season than you were for any of the Manning years. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, that, that that's a spicy take there. It and is. I love it. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I really can't say that uh, in the arc of Broncos history that I would agree, that I would agree, I would agree. Although one thing that can be said is that with with Peyton Manning, you knew it was kind of a short term solution coming off of the neck injuries and Russell Wilson feels like a little bit more of a long term solution. So maybe that's 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 in play as well. That's a really good point. That could that could be the case. But man, and I was young in 97. So I'm not saying I wasn't excited, but I didn't have the full grasp of it in 97. But for me, it's hard to imagine a situation that's more exciting than getting Peyton Manning. Obviously, Russell Wilson is right up there, but uh, to to kind of overlook the Manning years is wild to me. Samuel, I got to hear about this. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Mace, do you think the defenses are going to stack the box against Wilson? Because I think the very quick answer that I have is no. They're going to respect the heck out of Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, they're not, they're not going to stack the box against him. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Um, I think I do, th- I do think they will, that they'll have to play honest. That that's, that's the whole point. I mean, there's a quote from, um, George Payton in a story in the athletic, uh, which generally is about, um, uh, how teams like the Broncos are following the Rams model, the F them picks less Sneed model. And, uh, <laughs> A, the, a, a key quote here, it goes back to when they traded Vaughn Miller. And it was, quote, I love Vaughn, but we knew we weren't good enough with Vaughn to get where we needed to go at that point. I knew in the next year or two, we needed to get a quarterback. We need to break through, whether by trading up in the draft or be a trade free agency. You're probably not going to get your franchise guys. So we were just going to keep accumulating picks until we got a quarterback. It's hard to win if you don't get that guy, unquote. So, George Payton knew the limitations of what he had at quarterback in that in that room, right? And the boxes were going to continue to be stacked until you had a quarterback that teams could take seriously in their game planning. That I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, short to intermediate, accurate, but we know about uh, the the, uh, uh, the 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 struggles uh, going deep. Drew Locke has a cannon, not very, not very accurate. And you could disguise things coverage wise to confuse him over the years and force him into turnovers. What the Broncos had wasn't good enough. Now the Broncos have somebody who's proven to be good enough and it's going to, it's going to open up. It should open up horizons for everybody else. Man, I love that quote from George Payton. And obviously when they traded for Russell Wilson, uh, that he was showing us that. 
but I love that because he had a few quotes last year, Mace, that made us all a little bit uneasy about how he viewed the quarterback position. But I think we can confidently say now that those quotes weren't necessarily taken out of context because he did say them very straightforward, but um, were, I guess he didn't mean them or he was trying to throw us off or he was trying to justify why the Broncos went Pat Sertan over a quarterback instead of just saying, I didn't like any of the quarterbacks in the draft last year. And that's totally fair. I respect that. He's not trying to make any of the, these young guys look bad, but man, does he understand it? And he's hundred percent right. And then he went out and did it because that is how teams are built. You have to have the quarterback. And now the Broncos have that quarterback and it changes everything. And it changes the way defenses approach this. And it just, it makes it so that, Javante Williams is going to have a much easier time. Mace, instead of dragging guys from the line of scrimmage to the th to three yards beyond the line of scrimmage like Javante did last year a lot, he's now going to be dragging guys from six yards beyond the line of scrimmage to now 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage for a first down or, you know, on the other side of the line of scrimmage for a first down. That is going to open up Javante Williams so much more. And then obviously we know what Russ is going to do with the passing game, and he's just going to unleash these receivers. And also something that we haven't talked about that much a great quarterback elevates the offensive line play and I expect that to happen with Russell Wilson now we may see a few times where he holds on to the ball too long does his scrambling thing and that leads to sacks but for the most part he's going to elevate everyone on this entire team he should and it's again quarterback is the is the total game changer we all know that we've said that a million a million and one times here it was, you know, something, it, it was something they had to do and some, and just totally changed the dynamic. The only, I mean, the urgency goes on George Payton a little bit more to, uh, to hit on the few picks that he does have and, and the odds are a little bit against him, but um, yeah, it's every, every, I was thinking about it this week, Zach, like how the tone and tenor of everything just changed with Russell Wilson, which by the way, was a, it was a month ago today, right? Was it? It was uh, March 8th. I think so. I think it was so, March 7th. March 7th. Okay, about a month ago yesterday then. Whatever. Yeah. So everything in terms of the tenor changed. I mean, how many how many podcasts would we have done about quarter about draft quarterbacks if if they had not made that trade? What Tons. quarterback would, would the Broncos have, have brought in uh, to join with uh, Drew Locke? Would it have been Mitchell Trubisky? Would it have been Andy Dalton? Would it have, you know, you go down the list of relatively unappetizing options, right? Which, which quarterback would we in the media basically have been trying to talk people into? Uh, we would tr be trying to talk them into all six of the top quarterbacks. And oh, Mason, I think yeah. you're right, actually. I think it was one month ago from today. Yeah, so I mean, it would imagine, I mean, I think uh, a lot of it would have been at least uh, if RK were here would have been trade up, get Malik Willis, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, imagine trading, imagine trading up. Now, if you believe in the guy, great, but uh, tra trading, trading up and sacrificing future capital. Oh boy. It would have, would have not, it would have not been fun. No, it would have this is not a, this been is a lot fun. More, it's a lot more fun. A lot more, a lot easier to, it's a lot easier to envision success. We're, we're talking, we're talking about prime time games. We're talking, Zach, we're talking about a roster that they've managed to kind of spackle in, uh, enough on to where even though they don't pick it until 64, they don't have any pressing needs here. You're talking about players who've come because they want to work with Russell Wilson. You've, you're talking about ha the quarterback having already gathered uh, all the, all the receivers, even some offensive linemen for work for, for workouts in the downtime, something that hadn't been done since, believe it or not, you have to tip the cap to Mark Sanchez uh, for gathering everybody, even though he wasn't with the Broncos for very long. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And Mays Russ uh, dropped something in, in an interview with altitude when he was at the nuggets game yesterday, he said that he's been throwing with the receivers this week as well. So he's made it very public when he's been doing it in, in uh, yeah. San Diego, but he's also been doing it privately with those guys as well. So they are getting all the work in leading up to the start of the off season program next week. Exciting. Exciting. 
It's very exciting. And Mace, this podcast has been a blast. We've got a very exciting day here in Denver again with the Masters, but opening day. If you can, it's not too late. Swing by the Ice House where we're going to be having our party. But for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you all so much for rolling with us on this audio-only version of the podcast. We're going to be going live again next week. We'll be right here on the podcast side as well. We really appreciate all of you so much for tuning in. We thank you a bunch and have a fantastic I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cotton.